Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Sometimes God calls us to take on an adventure for him. Well, I was engaged to a beautiful young girl. You may have heard of her, her name was Mary. But I'll just say things are getting complicated. That's a word we use when we don't understand what's happening. We don't like it, don't we? Things are getting complicated. And while well, I was talking to her family very quietly about maybe we wouldn't get married. Have you ever had an angel come and chew you out? Really? It's terrifying. I was all by myself in prayer, and this angel told me his name was Gabriel. Came, and his light filled the room, and I fell on my knees. What else are you going to do when God's messenger is in front of you? He said, Joseph. Yes, Lord. He said, don't call me Lord. I'm a messenger. Well, yes, whatever I'm supposed to call you, sir. Uh, what? And you have it in nice words, I think, written down. He said something like, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What he really said was, what are you thinking, man? You're being called by God for something special. And I said, I don't understand. He said, that which Mary is going to bear will be of God, will be of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be the Savior. You're going to call his name Joshua, by the way, Yeshua. I think you call it Jesus. Gabriel, nobody in my family's ever been named Joshua. Well, this one's going to be. Yes, sir. And he says, God is sending his son into the world. You've waited for thousands of years. Don't argue now. And he said, God needs a, a stepdad for his son until he's old enough to teach for himself. You're chosen. Uh, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm just a carpenter. I don't care. He'll need to learn to work with his hands too. But God has chosen you, Joseph. Don't back out now. What can you say at that point that God's will be done? You know, I wouldn't have believed Mary when she told me about her dream of the angel Gabriel if I hadn't had one of my own, I'll tell you. But that was special. And we agreed that we'd kind of keep it quiet. Found out later she told her cousin Elizabeth anyway. We agreed we'd keep it kind of quiet. And then the Roman Empire has a way of messing, just meddling with everything. They mess everything up. The emperor said, okay, we're going to have everybody sign the register so we can collect the taxes. Well, it's bad enough we've got to pay taxes to Rome in the first place without having to register. Okay, well, I'll go down to the elder's office in the village and we'll, we'll sign up here in Nazareth. Oh, no. You have to go to your ancestral home. You've got to go where your, where your father and grandfather and great-grandfather came from. I said, oh, bother. That's all the way in Bethlehem. 
Now, that's a long enough trip on foot anyway. But by then, Mary was thoroughly and fully with child. The old language says she was full. Well, she was full. And in fact, I had, I had an old donkey I used to carry my wood, my materials, my tools. And when I had a piece of furniture finished for somebody, I'd, I'd use the donkey to deliver it. But he was a cantankerous old thing. I could just about make him go where I wanted him to go. And I wasn't going to put Mary and a baby who wasn't here yet on that donkey. So I went and I got myself a new donkey. I had to trade that one in. Got a younger and gentler donkey, more fitting for Mary to ride all the way to Bethlehem while I, of course, took my handy walking stick and walked alongside the donkey. It couldn't carry us both. And that donkey has a, a special history. Another donkey later in the life of that son, Jesus, did him a special service. If you go to visit a farm and look at a donkey to this day, you see a cross painted on his back because a donkey bore Jesus to Bethlehem. And then a donkey bore Jesus later. I wasn't here to see it anymore, but he bore him to, the, to Jerusalem as well. So the next time you take the kids to visit a petting zoo or a farm, look at the back of the donkey and see the cross. Well, as you can imagine, it was a long walk. There was no way to go online at that time, whatever that means to you folks, but somebody said, why didn't you make a reservation? It didn't work like that. So we got to Bethlehem. We went to every inn in town. It was getting late. It was dark. You can imagine Mary was tired from the trip. The donkey was tired from the trip. I wasn't feeling too good. Inn after inn after inn. No room. No room. The last place we stopped, the innkeeper said, I'm sorry, we're, we're, we've got a wall-to-wall sleeping on the floor in here because everybody has come to register for this, this tax thing. And then he saw Mary kind of wince and realized that she, she was in dire straits. She was starting to, let's just say, the pains were getting closer, as they say. And the uh, innkeeper said, well, I, I, I've got only one place that's warm enough. Now back then we had a couple, three different ways to keep our animals. One of them actually was to build the ground floor of the house for the animals and upstairs was for the people. That way you had your animals safe at night from wolves and bears and rustlers and coyotes and whatnot. Another way was a, a cave built into the hillside and if you've ever been up in, up in uh, I think you call it Maine, to a root cellar, a potato cellar, you know, that built into the hillside, keeps it warm through the winter. Well, that's all he had to offer was a stable built like that. Of course, like any stable, there's a, a milk cow or two in there and some sheep and his donkey. And it was a busy, kind of, could have been a busy place, but it was warm. And he made sure that there was clean straw to put in the manger in case we needed it. Well, it got a little later in the evening and Mary was in more and more pain. And she said something that, that, that I didn't understand as a man. She said, the water broke. I don't know what's going on. She says, go get the midwife. So I had to run and pound on the innkeeper's door. 
He came to the door and said, what do you need? I said, I'm, my wife's asked for something called a midwife. I haven't been through this before. And he sends his wife to go find the midwife because they were friends. Found out a midwife is someone who helps a baby come in the world. Helps the new mom bring a baby into the world. So he went and got the Bethlehem midwife. My job was to stand outside and hold a lantern and try to look useful. While Mary brought that precious baby into the world. Wrapped him in something we had called swaddling cloths because we didn't have onesies and jumpers and all that stuff and diapers, but we had swaddling cloths. She wrapped him up and she laid him in that manger and you've never seen such a beautiful nor quiet nor good baby. And I knew that Gabriel had been right. I knew somehow that this was what we'd waited for, the Mashiach, the Christ, for thousands of years. And it was wonderful. Then comes a knock at the stable door. Um, in spite of being in the presence of, of the Christ, I'm afraid I said, now who? What do you want? It's a bunch of shepherds of all things. You know, shepherds don't come into town very often because they smell like sheep. They're not real welcome. Well, here's a bunch of shepherds. And again, I wouldn't have believed their story when they said that a whole bunch of angels had appeared in the sky and told them what they would find and who this would be and to go and see. And they, they came and they, they, they followed the angels. I wouldn't have believed that if Gabriel hadn't talked to me and Gabriel hadn't talked to Mary. I wouldn't have believed them, but there they were. And they couldn't help it. They felt the same thing we did, and they fell down on their knees, and they worshiped him. Still gives me the chills to think about it. Well, some days later, we'd managed to get a room, so we were in the house. Knock comes on the door again, and this time it's these three I guess we call them magi, wise men, philosophers. The fancy word was Zoroastrians, but I couldn't spell that one. And they had come looking for the king of the Jews who was to be born, and they had followed a star. And to this little carpenter's baby, they gave gold and frankincense and myrrh and said all kinds of wonderful things about him. I was still shocked. I'm still on the adventure that God's put me on. <clears throat> then we went, of course, on day number eight, you have to go to the temple. You have to have the baby and mom blessed. And you have to make a sacrifice. And for poor folks like us, it was two pigeons, two turtle doves. So we bought the proper sacrifice. We went to the temple. And, and this old man comes up to us. And he says to Mary, Mother, may I hold your baby? Can you imagine? A stranger in the courtyard of the temple saying, can I hold your eight-day-old baby? Something told her yes. And this old man Simeon told us his story, that he had been promised that he wouldn't die. He was an old, old man. He had been promised by God that he would not die until he had seen the Mashiach, the Christ. And he took that baby and said something like, Lord, now you can let your servant depart in peace. My eyes have seen your glory, which you have given for all peoples. 
and especially to your chosen people, Israel. He blessed us and gave the baby back. Said something very strange to Mary. He said, Mother, one day a sword will pierce your heart too. Kind of gave us the chills to hear it. Well, within a year or so, we, we had to flee to Egypt because King Herod was afraid that the Messiah had been born, a new king of the Jews, and it would take his place. He did not understand. He had no clue what God was doing. So he was having baby boys killed, so we fled to Egypt, and we had to, to live as strangers for a little while. Fortunately, people need carpenters everywhere to repair broken things and make furniture and whatnot, and I was, I was able to support us there in Egypt as a carpenter until word came even to Egypt that King Herod had been called home to his fathers, as we like to say, but he had died. We went home, we settled into Nazareth, and that boy Jesus was, was, was a wonderful, wonderful boy. What a blessing to be called by God to raise him. He wound up with a reputation for building the best ox yokes in all of Galilee out of wood. He was very skilled, very good. But as he was becoming a young man, he'd learned all those skills. God said, Joseph, you've gotten as old as you're going to get. You're going to go home to your fathers too. It's time to call you home, Joseph. But in the meantime, for those years, what an adventure to be called to see. The chosen one of God. God himself. To be entrusted with caring for Mary and Jesus from the time he was a helpless little baby and she was a brand new mom. What a wonderful adventure. And in my human foolishness, I almost said no. And God said Gabriel, sent Gabriel and said, Joseph, you got a job to do. You have an adventure for me. Tonight, think about the adventure of God coming into the world as the baby Jesus. Think about what adventure God may call you to do in his service as well. May God bless you all. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen. And amen.